0: Welcome to Teen Talk. It's a podcast for teens by teens. Your host for this episode is Jenny D. Our goal is to meet you where you are and reinforce that you are not alone. Proudly sponsored by Mountain High Appliance.
1: Hi, it's Jenny D. from Cozy 101.1 and I'm talking to two amazing individuals today. It is Ritwick. How about you uh, introduce yourself before you go to school, how old you are?
2: Yeah, my name is Ritwick and I'm 17 years old.
1: All right. And we were talking a little off uh, the air and you were talking about FBLA, Model UN, like you're involved in a lot of clubs. So, I mean, you're used to social interaction and kind of that, that environment. Has that been different in the last year and a half for you?
2: It definitely has, as with Model UN and FBLA. They're both um, obviously in-person academic clubs, mm-hmm. and you're surrounded by people just as um, passionate about whether it's FBLA or Model UN as you are, and you, just being surrounded by those people, it not like it motivates yourself and it pushes yourself to kind of push the limits in these respective extracurriculars. But with COVID and it being virtual, it was definitely much harder to interact with these other people, and and it was a very like casual environment in both FBLA and Model UN but with covid and with zoom calls and zoom meetings it definitely felt less social, more awkward and that's something that we definitely struggled with having more people interact with each other with the zoom and even with the black boxes but yeah, definitely looking forward to going back in person.
1: And I think it's harder to to get a read on people. Like I Um, you know, I, I offer living on a radio show where there's really nobody in the studio with me, but, um, like on a, on a conference call right now, like we're doing kind of situation where it's, you know, you're in your own environment, you're, you're maybe a little more relaxed, but I think it's harder to kind of, to feel the vibe of the room, if that makes sense.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And I was an officer, well, I am an officer for both clubs. So that means I assist in running the meetings Mm -hmm. and, For example, in Modely when we have a world news segment where we try and talk about world news, get some different opinions out there on recent events from people in the club. And you first introduce the event and then kind of an open floor, people get to interject their opinion whenever and the conversation goes on. And it's definitely hard to, other than the interrupting and like two people trying to talk at the same time, (laughs) it's kind of hard to see other people's reaction Mm -hmm. and then gauge like, like the impact of what you're saying. So if you're trying to say something and you're trying to have a purpose and try and instill something in someone else, you can't tell if that thing is actually instilled by their facial expression. You can mm-hmm. only just assume from the black box.
1: Yeah. And there, and I think you're taking a lot on faith and a lot of on assumption of like how it's being construed, if they're getting your message. If uh, I mean, one of the things I love most is sitting in a room well, people and just talking back and forth and it being loud and my whole family was growing up, you know, we were loud and boisterous and um, missing that over the last year has been, has been hard. Cause I feel like you get so used to one way and you're trying to figure out, you know, what's the new social norm. I mean, with the exception of the clubs and stuff like that, have you enjoyed being able to go back and see your friends, like be out and about of your house and, it's kind of that aspect of like your personality coming out that way too.
2: Yeah, definitely. It's been fun to go back in person and I felt myself becoming more of myself before the pandemic as well. And mm-hmm. obviously safety first, um, my major, myself and all my friends were fully vaccinated and we were taking necessary precautions when meeting, but mm-hmm. it was great to see them in person after nearly a year, if not more than a year of just online stuff. And as great as FaceTime is and talking with your friends via those online methods, it isn't the same as being in person and interacting with them directly. As, well, and
1: did it? Yeah. I don't know if it felt like this to you, but the first time I got to hang out with my friends, I was like, it was like awkward a little bit. You're like, hey, what's going on? Like, I got actual pants on. Like, I'm excited to see you. <laughs> I lose that little bit of camaraderie. And I mean, you find it again, and I think that's one of the joys about being together but like it kind of creates more of that social anxiety that I already have like on a daily basis like so I don't know if with you too like you're kind of you're a little nervous about seeing your friends again because it's been so long.
2: Yeah it's definitely been a while but like these, I still remember that these are my friends and I kind of just click instantly with them and just mm-hmm. get back right into it. Because as awkward as being online is, and you kind of, at least me personally, I lost a lot of my social skills, but I found that right when I started hanging out with people, it didn't come back immediately, but it came back eventually. And it was just right back into it. And I felt um, more able to interact with other people than maybe I was during the pandemic.
1: Do you feel like there's anything that has triggered you? Like anything that, even now when we're starting to get back to to open, that that kind of gives you that little bit of hesitation, thinking like, oh my gosh, like, okay, what what is this? Like, start panicking a little bit about being out and about, and you know, and how do you interact with some people that you haven't seen in years?
2: Um, do you mean panic in terms of COVID and like COVID? Like or more just, okay.
1: just, I would say more like the anxiety of okay, so what's normal? Like I the other day it was so funny. Um, I has, I hadn't seen somebody for a long time, so I went to go do a high five. You know, like I'm super, super like crazy, like a high five lady. And I'm like, can we even do that anymore? Do you like you don't know if people are comfortable with it, and you know, like that little things like that make you have the anxiety and the panic of like, am I doing the right thing by high fiving, or should I do elbow still? You know,
2: I definitely have that um, social anxiety. I guess out and about hesitation to interact with people because. Obviously, COVID, I don't want to interact with um people I don't need to because of COVID restrictions, because more people you interact with, the higher chance of contracting the virus. But Mm -hmm. also, I found that, yes, I did have that hesitation, but I kind of look forward to like, look on the bright side that it'll eventually go back to normal, and I'll eventually kind of gauge the vibe of, oh, is it okay to give a high five or just an elbow, that type of stuff. So I thought that I would eventually... Um, get that skill back of trying to read the mood mm-hmm. of each person I'm interacting with. And I think that skill will come back as we go back in person more and more.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think you get a little more comfortable with it. And now that, you know, a lot of people aren't wearing masks too, you can see, you can read their facial expressions. Like you said, like, it's nice to have like those, those obvious, like I can see that they're okay. They're smiling. They're happy to be out here too. All right. So Sarah, how about you, Alexa, or, um, introduce yourself to you. Tell us where you go to school. How old you are?
0: Um, I'm Sarah, and I'm 16.
1: All right, so what are some of the things, Sarah, before COVID that you really love to go and do that you feel like you still haven't quite got back to?
0: Um, I used to go after school a lot to get extra help from teachers, and I also also used to go after school to hang out with friends or go out to eat or something like that.
1: And it's a little different now because you do have some friends that are that are okay with it. And, you know, there's other other people that their their families are still kind of being really like patient and very careful, cautious.
0: Yeah, well, especially because um, when we did do school, we weren't allowed to go after school anymore because they couldn't track where Mm -hmm. you were or, and also that with a lot of parents, they didn't want their kids staying out where they don't know where they are and don't know who they're with because they Mm -hmm. don't want to get COVID.
1: So in, we, we kind of talked about this a little bit, um, like social anxiety. Is that, is that always kind of been a little part of your world as well, your life?
0: Um, when I was smaller, I think Mm -hmm. so. And especially when I moved, to Longmont, it really started, but after a while, I kind of let go of it.
1: You get more comfortable around people, your environment.
0: Yeah. Um, so, so, mood with, is
1: a huge thing. I mean, that's, you're, yeah. you're, you're starting over completely in social situations that you, you maybe get a little more comfortable with.
0: Yeah, especially it triggers when you don't really know anybody like at all Mm -hmm. you don't have at least one friendly face around you so you don't really know who to turn to
1: and that's hard too i think with the COVID situation because you know once we get so comfortable with our family group and our friend group and being able to go out i mean all of that changed and we had to come up with a whole new way of living our life and dealing with the triggers that all of a sudden like i mean i had done very well with my anxiety um all of a sudden COVID hits and then it's, you know, things started popping up that I hadn't dealt with in years where I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, I don't want to go there. <laughs> like, like I'm worried about going to the grocery store now. Like I don't want people to, you know, <laughs> it's so weird. Like, oh my gosh, they're going to, they're going to judge me because I grabbed the wrong kind of peanut butter. What, you know, silly things like that that go through our heads. But like, they're not, for us, they're not silly. There's something that we had to redeal deal with in COVID. Did you guys have that?
0: Yeah, I think I did a lot, especially like, I'll be walking across the street and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm walking across the street. That's so embarrassing. Like people are watching me.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and it's one of those things. You said you did cheerleading, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I did cheerleading too. I do a radio show, obviously. So I think that it's, it's, it's interesting to me and it is so encouraging to me to see you guys when you are dealing with social anxiety, being able to... To, to continue to find new ways and to continue to grow as an individual so you're not scared of some of these things anymore and being a cheerleader had to have been hard with social anxiety. I know like this girls can be mean.
0: <laughs> well yeah especially because in cheerleading I've been doing um, like competitive for a mm-hmm. really long time and I've been on the same team for a really long time so I bonded with those girls and we had a lot of trust in each other because you know we were throwing each other and flips and all that, that could (laughs) potentially hurt each other if we didn't do it right. But going into a new team where everybody already knew each other and already had trust and bonded with each other, it was hard because, you know, like I was kind of just there.
1: Yeah. And that's that's, that's a hard situation that I think for anybody to deal with. And if you've already been having some social anxiety things, like you said, you go into this room, there's not a friendly face. And sometimes all we need is that one person to, you know, to help make us feel a little bit more ourselves to center us. And then, you know, we can, we can show our true selves. Like we can, we can be a little more confident in who we are. And I feel like, you know, that doesn't stop no matter what situation you're in. But with the last year, if not having, now I do, I'm like, oh, cool. okay, how do I do this again? <laughs> how do I be strong and confident and go and talk to strangers? Because that's not something that I've, you know, I've ever really been 100% comfortable with.
0: Yeah, seriously.
1: But so how do you think, like, if somebody were listening right now, how do you think you would tell them to to help them with their social anxiety if they're wanting to do stuff like cheerleading or uh, a club, the FBLA? Like, how would you tell them, like, you um, through it?
0: Um, honestly, I just said to throw yourself in there, you know, jump over that wall because it's not going to help to kind of tiptoe around it. You just have to like literally throw yourself in and start talking to people because it's not going to, you can't just wait for somebody to come to you. You kind of have to make that first move.
1: And have you ever been like in that situation where you you made that leap and you weren't so proud of yourself on the other side? Have you ever
0: um i think yeah like if they turn out to be really mean but you know i have a lot of hope in people so i kind of just keep going and you know like don't lose hope if just because this one person doesn't like you or they're mean to you for no reason then you just go to the next like just leave it
1: be right thank you next bye
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You have to be that way. And I think that you have to keep trying some of the best moments in your life. I'm sure have come from you being brave, taking that step and being able to enjoy. I mean, being competitive for cheerleading and doing all that, like that's a huge thing. Like, girl, that's awesome. And for you to be able to start over with a whole new group of girls and still have the confidence to go out and do it like that's that's brave. I love that.
0: Yeah, especially because, you know, a lot of girls can be mean, super mean. And especially um, competitive girls, it's just 10 times mm-hmm. more.
1: It's like, why can't we just lift each other up? I don't understand that. Yeah,
0: seriously.
1: <laughs> but I would like to say that we don't see that in later in life, too. But we all know that. Um, I'm not good at lying. So, <laughs> <laughs> But I think you've already started to kind of see, like, the core group of people around you. The, you know, those, those are your tribe. Those are your people that get you through whatever. I mean, it's, it's been a lot of women along the way that I've met in radio and throughout any of my careers, like there are some really amazing people that want to help you, want to lift you up, want to make you your best person, keep those people around you and keep your circle small if you have to, because anyone else who's not trying to push you in the right direction you don't need that anyway, especially as we go through social anxiety every day. I feel like we we need a really strong drive around us too. Um how about for you, Ritwick? Like has there been a moment when you really had to step outside that box and it was like the best feeling experience ever?
2: Yeah, definitely. I've had actually quite a lot of those and even pre-pandemic as well. And I found that the main pushing factor for kind of getting over that wall, like Sarah was saying is um, the people around me that are pushing me to do it. So if there's an opportunity or a club to join that someone would think I would be really good fit for, and I would be like, "Uh, I don't know. And they kind of just push me, whether it's my parents or my sister or a friend, they kind of push me over the edge. And then I join just one meeting and I absolutely love it. And I stay there throughout my high school. And that's actually what happened with Model UN. And I think just getting over that hump, um, listen to the people around you and uh, also taking the advice of people around you. And also in terms of trying to talk to someone else, if you don't know anyone in the room, what i find most helpful is that when I go up to talk to someone, I remember that they're also human. So like there's a 90% chance that they also understand that I'm trying to make conversation with them mm-hmm. and they're going to make the effort. Um, the, They're going to reciprocate the effort. So wow, like
1: they're yeah. probably feeling just as awkward as you are. They just, the same thing, like we all have that little bit of a pause moment. And if we can just press play on little tiny moments like that and do that throughout the day, I feel like that's one of my things because um, growing up, it was a little different for me. My mom was agoraphobic. She wouldn't leave the house. Like, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things where you are trying to push yourself just a little bit more. So I found myself when I went to college, I, I will say yes, at least once. Like if I try it once and I don't like it, then I know I don't, this isn't for me. But I always try once. Try to do something once that scares me, maybe a little tiny bit. But it's something that I feel like every time I do, I feel proud of myself for like a little outside my comfort zone, getting outside a little tiny bit.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not a very big quote person, but one quote that very that resonated with me a lot. I forgot who said it, but it's that you learn your you learn the most about yourself in the most uncomfortable moments. And I realize that's so true because if you're trying to approach someone, you discover like, hey, do I am I genuinely extroverted or am I introverted? And that's why I think it's important to keep on seeking for those uncomfortable mm-hmm. moments and not with the goal of making them comfortable, but just experiencing mm-hmm. them and having a more diverse outlook.
1: Yeah, I'm an extroverted introvert. That's what I say. Because <laughs> it depends on the day. There's, there's a lot of situations, I think. So what would you want people who maybe don't have social anxiety to know that might help them understand through in moments like this? Like what somebody completely on the outside know?
2: I think um, it's easier said than done. But to put yourself in the other person's shoes and always try and understand the other perspective. And that's what I found is most important because even though I may not fully understand that other person's perspective, in just generally speaking, um, I find that if I actually make the effort to try and see it from their perspective, I actually learn a lot. So even though it's not a perfect emulation, if you put yourself in that other person's shoes and try and see it from their perspective, you'll be more understanding and then you'll know how to respond back and go forward with it.
1: All right, how about you Sarah? What do you what would you want to tell somebody who doesn't have social anxiety about like what you go through?
0: Um I would want to tell them that um just looking at a person that you don't really know or that you've never talked to before, you don't know anything about them. Everything everyone is going through something and someone with social anxiety can be just sitting there and be overthinking about the whole room overthinking that everyone's looking at me oh my gosh like or what if they see me like this is so embarrassing that I think people should know that because our mind can tend to race about little things
1: and and we overthink that is the perfect way for it like we could look like we're serene and on a beach in our mind and it's we're thinking about every single thing that we did that day or how we something differently. Or, uh, I mean, there's so many different ways. I I, like, I think that people with social anxiety react to different situations. There's, there's not a lot of calm going on in the moments that people don't realize. So be kind, right?
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: So what helps you with your anxiety real quick? Like, is there something that when you feel that anxiety coming on, you're like, Okay, it's time for this. Like, do you use a breathing technique or anything like that?
0: Um, I kind of just tend to remove myself from the situation. Like, go, like, I don't know if I'm at school, just go to the bathroom for a few minutes and just chill out, you know? Or I will just kind of, like, try to remove myself mentally if I can't leave the room, Um, you know, music or anything like that, put my head down. Something simple, you know, like, nothing too big that, I need to leave or anything like that.
1: That's good. How about you? Rip? What do you, do you feel that anxiety coming on? Is there something that helps to kind of calm and center you?
2: Yeah. What I found that works best for me is that I kind of look at myself and like, think, do I want to be here? And also in a way, what do I get out of being here? Obviously not in a super selfish manner, but like mm-hmm. if something is not serving you well and it's only serving you harm, then you should get out of there, whether that may be mentally or physically, like Sarah was talking about. And yeah, just ultimately listening to myself is that like, do I truly want to be here? And then I go forward with there based on some of Sarah's techniques. Yeah.
1: I like it. I think that's great. I think removing yourself from the situation is a really important one. And for you guys to know this at such a young age, and I know you're 16 and 17, so you're not You know, you're not babies, but you guys have already learned some really important things. I think that it takes a lot of people years to find out about themselves. If it's not serving you well, I like that you said that because I feel like it's the same thing. You have to see what is the situation, like the benefit to me, and is it outweigh basically the anxiety that I'm going through? So I think you guys are doing a fantastic job. You have been brave in so many social situations, and, you know, I wish... When I was younger that I would have had friends like you guys too, like the the ones that think outside the box and think about other people in the room. You guys have said that several times today, like just wanting to be kind to other people because you know what you go through on a daily basis. So that would be my little thing is that keep doing what you're doing and keep being that kind person to other people. Because I think there's a lot of people out there that go through this and they don't have anyone to talk to. They feel like it makes them like is a weakness and I will say over the years, I've had moments at that where I thought it was a weakness, but it's really one of my strengths because it makes me more compassionate. And you guys definitely have that in space. So thank you both for everything you do. Reach out if you ever, ever need anything. Um, because I really, I'm just, I'm proud to be here talking to you guys about this. And I know it's a very grown up subject, but thank you for weighing in and showing people that even at 16 and 17, you can get it. You can be that kind of person. So thank you.